sweet, sweet smell. It's filling this place. It's filling this place right now, sweet, sweet smell. What a time to just, wherever we are, the presence of the Lord is in this place. What a time to just allow him to fellowship with us, with our spirit, and for us to fellowship with him in the spirit. What a time to just press in to the heart of God, to the heartbeat of his presence. We can't move from this time until he has accomplished what he's accomplishing. So open your heart right where you are. Open your heart right where you are. Open it wide and let him come in. Let him do everything that he's looking to do in your heart today. Let him wipe away and take away all of the concerns and the pains and the worries. Let him remove it. Just let him replace it with his presence his presence and his power and his love and his grace. As he does a heart transformation, even now. Oh, as he's taking our hearts and holding them in his hands and ministering, let it happen. It's a time of a fresh commitment right where you are. Right where we are, Lord, we commit our lives to you. Do what it is that you want to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the weightiness of your spirit right here, Lord. Resting, filling, covering. Can we just sing that verse one more time? Here I am. Make it your song. Make it your prayer. It actually is a declaration. Here I am to worship. Let's worship the Lord. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Sing it as a prayer, church. Here I am to say your is he your God today? You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Oh, here I am to worship. Sing it, beloved. Sing it to the here Lord. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say. You're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy. 
worship him today. He's worthy. declaration. It's a worship. Lord, let it permeate our souls. Let it permeate our bodies. Let it permeate our minds. Let it permeate our spirits. We worship you. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We seal this as a prayer, Father, in this house today. That we come here to worship. We come here to bow down. We come here to say and declare that you are our God. You are my God. I want you to say it today. You are my God. Make it personal. You are my God. And let it come from your deep innermost being. Don't let it be words. Let it be from your spirit. You are my God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. We can put the lights up. Thank you very much. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that wonderful worship. Thank you, Father. Thank the Lord. He just, he just covered us with a blanket of his presence, didn't he? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. So I believe that those are the announcements. Anyone want to, do you have any, I don't, I don't think there are any other announcements right now. I hope I'm not missing any, but anyhow. So uh, we're going to minister the word today. And um, I'm, ex I'm excited about the word, you know, whether it's me delivering it or whether it is someone else in the house or, or us receiving from the apostle of the house. I'm excited about the word. Um, we're going to talk, we're going to carry on with par part of the conversation of what Pastor Frank used last week. And we're going to expound a little. And, and, I'm, and I'm going to take it down the road of how the Lord gave, gave it to me in Revelation. So that's what we're going to do. So Father, bless your word. 
Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would use this vessel, Lord, to impart, to release, to activate, to deliver the word of the Lord that you've called me to deliver. Lord, let it not be anything of myself, but Lord, I just surrender it all to you and ask you to use me as an empty vessel to minister and pour out into your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things that the Lord has been really putting upon my heart is how we need to impact generations. And we, as the body of Christ, need to impact generations. And you know, as I do, that we're going to, we're in a fast right now. We're fasting and praying throughout these first three weeks of January. Well, during that fasting and praying, the Lord has taken me into the book of Judges. I love the Old Testament. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. Um, I just love the Old Testament because the Lord has always used the Old Testament to give me a prophetic unction into a teaching of the New Testament and how to correlate the both for the body of Christ to move. And so I, I enjoy the Old Testament. So the Lord had me in the book of Judges. Before I go there, I'm going to read the e-blast. And I'm going to say this. How is the Lord speaking to generations today? He's speaking through a voice. That voice is all of us. It's not just the pastor or the preacher in the pulpit. It's all of us. That voice is a voice to the nations, to the generations, to a community, to a family, and to an individual. It's a voice that brings healing, deliverance, freedom, ministry, breaks bondages. It is a voice. It's our voice. And as we have been um, moving in this fast, this is the e-blast. How can, are we an instrument chosen by God? It's our call to do his will. It's our choice to obey his voice, to do our best with what we put our hands to do, to come together in unity and agreement that impacts generations. We are an example to generations. And you know, I thought about that generations. Okay, we might, I might not be here in the next, should the Lord tarry, but we can impact decades. We can impact people's lives that will take and impact other lives. The Lord wants to use the body of Christ today to be a voice, a voice of righteousness, a voice of direct truth. And there's no dark area in truth. Truth is truth, and deception is deception. Truth is truth and lies are lies. We cannot just twist it to make it fit what the narrative is. The truth is the truth. It doesn't deviate. The word of God does not deviate from the truth. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't decide something else. We know that what is set forth in the word of God is the word of God. And that word is powerful. 
That word will break through any bondage, any stronghold, any situation. It will break through. Our problem, and I'll say my problem, is that when I'm looking at that, I want it right now. And sometimes God will do it right now, and sometimes he will say he, he is doing a work in progress. Just because it's a work in progress does not mean it's not a miracle. Because he works miracles, he works signs, he works wonders. How does he do that? He does it through us. He wants to use us as his vessels, as his instruments of righteousness in the earth today to impact generations. Now, when I was studying the book of Judges, um, it, was, it was powerful and I don't want to jump ahead. I'm not going to jump ahead because the Lord has other things he wants to release first. So the Lord said in the scripture of Acts 9:15, he said, go, for he is a chosen instrument. I put in parentheses, vessel of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Another word used for instrument is vessel. Let's take a few minutes and, and move in and move on to discuss the word vessel. What is a vessel? Well, you and I are vessels. A vessel is a term, it's a word that's used for, for all of us, for the body of Christ. We are a vessel, individual vessels as God moves through. A vessel is a container. It can be a utensil, and it's used to carry something. What are we carrying? What are we carrying? You know, throughout this fast, what should happen in our lives is we should be looking introspectively as well as outside of ourselves. So introspectively, we should be looking, not for condemnation. You see, when we go into these kinds of messages where God is wanting to speak to us and minister to our heart and deal with our heart and deal with some things that, that kind of, you know how if you, if you have some clothes and you're just kind of like, I took those off, I didn't like those, I laid those down, I didn't like, and all of a sudden there's a pile. Well, you have to go through the pile to get to the bottom and how do you do that? You hang them all up. How do you do that? You pick them up, you look at them, you hang them. The same thing in our hearts. You know, during this fasting and prayer time, I've gone before the Lord, I'm sure you have as well, introspectively and said, Lord, look at my heart. Examine my heart. Tell me what's in my heart. Show me these things in my heart. Why? So that I can be a vessel a vessel of honor unto you. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect all the time. We strive towards being just like him. But we are in an earth and, and worldly atmosphere, but we can press through that in order to have victory in every situation. But we have to let the Lord into those secret parts of our heart. And just as clothes would pile up on the ground, sometimes those things pile up in our lives. And we don't always take time to look at what needs to be hung up. We just keep moving. And pretty soon there's another pile and another pile. And I'm using that ex example 
Not because I have it written down, just because it just came to me. So I know that as the Lord is speaking to us, he wants us to carry the power, and we do carry the power of the Holy Spirit, his presence, the gifts of the Spirit, all of the things that are needed for us to lead a victorious life. They are in this vessel. Now, we, we know in the Old Testament, the prophet told the, the woman who, whose family was going to be sold, go and get vessels and fill those vessels. And she, and she filled them with oil, and she was able to live off of all that, was, that she had um, gathered from the word of the Lord. So we're to be filled with oil. We're filled with the oil and the power of the Holy Spirit. But there are times when our oil gets old. There are times when we're not feeding and doing those things in our lives that God is requiring us to do. And sometimes maybe it's empty. And you know, if we tiptoe just a little bit in the world, the world's going to be tiptoeing a little bit in us. That's why we have to walk in such a way as circumspectly. No, we're, we're going to have our battles. It's how do we react in that battle. It's how do we not even react, how do we act in that battle. We have to act like who we are. We are victorious. We speak to those battles. We, de we declare over those battles that they, are, they may be Goliaths and they may be mountains. But what does the Lord say? Speak to the mountain and it shall be removed. He says to us, what did David do? David went up against a big Goliath. And sometimes we compare that to big institutions and things like that. Whatever battle, whatever battle seems bigger than you, it's a Goliath. But whatever Goliath is standing there, I don't come at you with sword and spear. I come with you in the name of the Lord and the God of hosts. And, and you are going to, your head will be delivered because he's already done it. You see, it's, and, and you'll notice that when we begin to declare those things, Things, something happens on the inside. You see that oil begins to get hot. And that Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God begins to churn inside of us. And as he churns inside of us, the power of God begins to permeate us. It's just like putting a kettle on the stove and letting it light. And then you know those old here's my age, and they would whistle. And then when they would be whistling, you would know that that water was super hot and it was ready to be poured out. How many want to be a whistling tea kettle and let's be filled with the power of God? The Lord wants us to be filled today. He wants us to walk in power and victory. And during this time, this time of fasting, this time of praying, we have, we have decisions. Not that, you know, we set aside. We set aside three weeks in January. But, you know, we have to set aside other times. We have to set aside a regular time. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how you are, but when I begin to feel like, you know what, mm -mm, I need to separate myself. 
Why? Because all of the pressures of the world come in. All of the pressures of people come in. Uh, things be, and, and we begin to get, okay, cranky. We begin to get a little bit irritated. We know that now we have to step. We have to, go, even if it's 15 minutes in a closet, go in the bathroom. Even if it's 15 minutes, five minutes, just raise our, Lord, I, I just, this has to shift. This has to shift. It's time to be in the presence of the Lord. And so it's not just the three weeks in January. It's throughout our life. It should be a practice throughout our life. Because what is God doing? God is stripping away all those old things that are in our nature. You know, he's stripping them down. He's, and, and those things that are in the core of us, those things that we hold on to, those offenses, those, those um, words, the jealousies, all of the things that are in the flesh that our flesh is naturally moving towards at times, God wants to strip that and give us what? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, Peace, if, you don't, if we don't know anything but John 3, 16, we should learn the fruits of the Spirit. Because then, when we can quote those fruits of the Spirit, we know exactly what we need to ask God to develop in our lives. Love, joy, peace. I don't always have joy in my life. So I have to say, Lord, I need your joy, your joy, your joy. And I, and I was happily, despite situations, still moving in joy this morning. So you know he answers those prayers. So do you need peace? Do you need love? Do you need joy? Do you need patience? Lord, have mercy. Just ask him for it. Amen? So that's what he's doing in these times of prayer and fasting. As we press in, he's taking out because we're pressing in. 2 Timothy 2.21, it's a wonderful scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So we have a part to play in it. We have a part that says, I have to be prepared as well. I have to be willing as well. I have to be obedient as well. You know, sometimes people look at who's in a pulpit and they, and they say, geez, I wish I could be in the pulpit. And, and the people in the pulpit are saying, gee, I wish I could be in the seat. Because irregardless of what God, calls us, what God calls us to do, we have to put our hand to it and be obedient. And can I tell you something? God's going to call us to do some things that maybe are not our gifting, and maybe we're not happy to do, and maybe we have to stretch into it. But just sitting in a seat and not moving in kingdom is not his will. It's not. And so we have to be willing to step out regardless Long as we've heard his voice and he's giving us a mini assignment, then we should be willing to do it. Second Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you're not your own? You were bought with a price. Thereby glorify God in your body. So that's telling us that we are the temple, we are the vessel, we are the residing place of the Spirit of God. 
And as Pastor Frank said last week, such a wonderful point and such a truth is that we can grieve the Spirit of God. We can because he is a person and because he has feelings. And if you've never grieved the Spirit of God, I have by saying I don't want to do that or by having saying something out of my mouth that wasn't kind. The Holy Spirit gets grieved by that because it's not manifesting the blessing and the love and the grace of God. It's manifesting what's opposite, the flesh. And so he never, we never want to grieve. It's not the sin unto death, but we never want to grieve, grieve the Spirit of God. First Corinthians, and then 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show what? That the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So what does the Lord do? He gives us that power in these vessels. How many have ever felt like, I feel like I'm just going to explode with the power of God. When the power of God comes on you, when he's moving through you, and you just feel that, that presence, that, that magnificent power, that anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's so powerful. We know then, and we know as a matter of fact always, that that power is from him in a vessel, a vessel of honor. And sometimes, you know what? We get to the place where we might be so tired, so dry. I mean, let's just be honest. So tired, dry, beaten down, routine, and, and we say, well, I don't really feel the Lord. I think we've, some of us have said that. I don't feel the Lord. You know, I, does that mean he's not there? Does that mean he's not there? No. What that means is that we don't walk by our feelings. We walk by faith. And no matter where we are in this life, he is always there next to us. He is in us. He is for us. He is not against us. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And that doesn't mean that just because we don't feel him, he's not there. Because we should not just move in feelings. We should be moving in the spirit. Just as it was said and sang previously. We should be moving in the spirit. So a human vessel is someone who is willing to be used by God, listen, for whatever purpose he has in mind. We don't dictate to him what we're going to do. He instructs us with the assignments that he wants us to do. And so whatever purpose he has in mind, do you know that your life is purposeful? There is a reason that we are here there is a calling and a gifting, and some of us have received it more so later in life. But let me tell you, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, and anything that we do receive from the Lord, if we only bury it, it will produce nothing. And if we bury those gifts and those talents, then someone who needed to receive from us did not receive I don't want to be the person that's going to have to answer. I'm probably going to have to answer for some of that already. But I'm just saying, when we're aware of it, we need to know by the Spirit what the Lord has. There are times that the Lord will, will determine 
an assignment, a meeting, or otherwise that is outside of our comfort zone. We have been in need of children's ministry workers in this house and children, we, we need help with the kids. And when I'm talking about generations, isn't that a generation? Isn't that teaching them about the Lord and what God has for them and who they are? We're called to raise up a generation. When we're going to look in the book of Judges, we're going to see a specific sentence that stuck out at me as I was studying in the book of Judges, and I'm going to minister on that. So we have to be obedient to the Lord, even if we're not comfortable in what he's called us to do. It doesn't mean we're chained to it. It means that he's testing our obedience if we will do what he's called us to do, even if it's one time, even if it's just one time. Because if we're faithful with a one time, then he's going to release unto us more time to be faithful. Proverbs 25, verse 4 says, Take away the dross and the, and, from the silver, and it shall come forth a vessel for the finer. So God is doing um, in our lives and wants to do in our lives, he wants to take away the dross. He wants to do a tremendous work in our lives where, where we release to him those things that would hold us back. You know, those those hurts or those situations, those things that we keep trying to control, if we allow the Lord to have it and trust him with it, then we, it'll be, that dross will be drawn away and a vessel of silver will come out because he will be in charge. He's the one that's going to do the work. And as I said, so many times people begin to think, when we go into the little intricate details of our lives and begin to talk about, you know, sin or repentance or having a clean heart, those things, some people get offended. But you know what? This voice is going to say what the Lord has me to say. So uh, the word instrument we talked about instruments, and Pastor Frank talked about instruments, and we talked about vessels. But the word instrument is a word, um, is a word used for you and I as well in this aspect. Because in an operating room, a physician uses an instrument that's placed in his hand to perform surgeries. Now understand, we're the instruments. It stops bleeding. It administers life-sustaining pr procedures. In other words, that instrument is used by the physician to do what is needed to bring healing, to change that situation. An instrument is used in the hands of those with whom it is placed. So the, we are instruments in his hands. In this case, the instrument must be clean disinfected and most definitely used with the, intent, with the intent that it was purposed for. In other words, I don't think that a surgeon has a spoon. They have a scalpel because they're cutting away. 
They have to do something to get there. And that requires some pain. And sometimes we look at pain in a way we shouldn't. Sometimes it is painful, but when we come through it, it's victorious and glorious because he does it. And then we're not chained. Beloved, we cannot be chained to the past. We can't be chained to the pain. The Lord breaks every chain. We can't be chained to it because if we're chained to it, we're never going to move forward. We're going to stay in darkness and not move forward into the light of being free in our spirits. The Lord wants us to be set free. He doesn't want us bound to the past of thoughts and things that somebody or someone or, or something did. He wants us free, free to move, free to do, free to minister, free to, free to come out of those things that happened before. And sometimes, and, and God does, he cleans it away. He just takes as far as the east is from the west, and just like a chalkboard, he takes his Holy Spirit eraser and he just erases the whole thing. But then sometimes there's a little bit of residue, and that residue might come up. Just like when we have surgery or a person has, who's had surgery, just like with that, there's still some tending on the outside. There's a little bit of residue. But when God takes care of it and we release all of that to him, we are free and well and whole. The Bible talks about wholeness. We focus sometimes on health, healing, miracles, but the Bible talks about wholeness. That's in our minds, that's in our bodies, that's in our spirit, that's in our souls, our soulish realm of having wholeness. There's nothing more sad to see than someone who's bound by mental illness when they can be whole in their mind. So the Lord wants us to, as, as we are instruments in his hands, he wants us to be a prepared instrument. Pastor Frank gave musical examples. Um, and, and one of the ones that I would like to emphasize on, I'm not sure if he did or not, was when we have the guitar that Sonny plays or the, that Leanne is playing and that Jeff is playing. They require power. If they're not plugged in, there's no sound. It's the same way with us. If we're not plugged in, there's no sound. We need to have a word in season and out of season. And the Lord will place it within us to use, to minister to a nation, to minister to a family, to minister in a community, to minister one-on-one. -on -one. Our voice is an instrument our voice. And you know, he trains our fingers and our hands for war. Oh, sometimes I see some things on Facebook and they are directly, and I, I'm looking at my brother because they are speaking truth directly to what it needs to be spoken to. So instruments, how many want to be an instrument? And Lord, make my voice an instrument, an instrument of his presence, of his power, of his anointing. And we have now at our disposal and have had where we, we don't necessarily have to get on a flight to go to Japan. We can pull up a Zoom 
and we can minister in that nation and in that country. Yes, we can go, but yes, we can also allow our voice to be to the nations. You know, when I was a new Christian, I, uh, having my devotion time one time, I went and I sat in my dining room, uh, kitchenette and I opened up my Bible. And when I opened up my Bible, I saw in a vision on my, on my Bible, I saw flights going everywhere. Like they were just going like crazy, all these flights. And, and you're talking 30 years ago. So I was like, the Lord's, I don't like to fly. And the Lord's going to take me, and he's going to take me on these flights. And, oh, God, oh, Lord. You know, that's my finite mind. Who would know in the years to come that we could get on a computer and that we could actually be there and minister the word of God in nations and across the world via technology? But who knew it? God knew it. He released it. He knew it. Because, because for me to figure it out, it wasn't going too many places. So praise the Lord. Well, I wanna, I'm going to minister for a few minutes out of the book of Judges because it's been, I'm, I'm trans, transferring over from the instruments and the, and the vessels, but yet with the same context as we are a voice to the next generation. In the book of Judges, it's named for <clears throat> various judges that uh, God raised up. Actually, there were 12, 12 judges. Some, some say there may have been 13 because they're counting Barak, Barak that was with Deborah. But um, there were 12, and one of them was a woman, and there were 11 men. And the judges were raised up, and this book is, is giving us an example. Mainly, they were military leaders, they were fighters, um, they, they were called of God for a specific time and a specific work, uh, and, and they were, a couple of them, really didn't want to do it, and that would have been Gideon, and then Samson fell short, and there were others, you know, that, that were just called out of obscurity and brought to the forefront to be a deliverer, a judge in Israel. Well, when I was studying this, um, and, and I would challenge you to really, you know, read, if the Lord leads you, really read, um, the book of Judges. Now, they're not the judges like we would see sitting on a bench, but they were judges that were filled with the, uh, with the anointing of God. Uh, they, they sought the Lord. The Lord spoke to them. They had a disgust for evil and for what was happening in the generations and in the nation. And I know that, that we have that same burden on our hearts for the nation and for nations. And so the Lord raised these judges up. And interesting enough, they were like rulers, and they, were, and they spoke what the Lord had them to speak, and God sent them with strategic um, thoughts, strategic ideas, plans, purposes, assignments. And, and part of 
what happened with them was whenever there was a judge and he and the enemy was defeated, after Israel had been, had been in bondage for 18 years, 20 years, um, there would arise up a judge because they would be crying out. You see, right in the beginning when, they, when there was sin going on, they didn't cry out all the time. But when it began to get really hard, they began to cry out to the Lord. And the Lord moved in mercy and, and compassion, and he raised up a judge. And then the Bible says that as the judges were... Uh, they ruled, and, they, and, and the land had peace for 40 years, for 30 years, for 10 years. For, but as soon as the judge would pass away, as soon as the judge died and was buried, the, gen, the next generation did not know the Lord. I had to question that. Because you had men and a woman in those, those 12 that God raised up, to speak, to, to, to deliver, to use their voice, to use the instruments of war, that by the way, if we study this, which I was studying it this morning, Israel, uh, they weren't really equipped or understanding all of the more intricate weapons of war but when they, when they did fight and go against these nations, these Canaanites, and they learned about their weapons of war. So even though it was because of rebellion, God taught them how to have weapons of war. It stands today in the nation of Israel. They are warriors, and, and, and they have intricate um, weaponry, and they're strategists, and so all of that came from, from the Lord in wisdom and in training. But what would happen is this next generation would be raised up and there would not be a voice. But I, I, I'm asking the Lord, why did the next generation grow up and not know who the Lord was? Were they not taught? Was it that that deliverance took place and everybody got comfortable and never talked about the ways of the Lord and who he was, and they just became comfortable? Because the Bible is clear that it says that they raised, they, the next generation did not know the Lord or didn't remember anything that the Lord had done, and therefore, what did they do? They went after the Baals. So I... And praying into that, but what I, what I want to convey by the Spirit, what I feel to convey by the Spirit, is that you and I are a voice and an example. The Bible tells us that we're kings and priests. We're also intercessors. You see, for some reason, and I'm going to study it more, the Lord took the judges, and what they were doing. And I was asking him for an example of how to connect that into the New Testament. And I heard the word intercessor. And I, and I realized that really, we, we think of an intercessor in the terms of, I'm interceding on behalf of one another. But an intercessor is also an interceptor. 
where they come in and they cut off what was evil and they bring in what was good. They stand what? In the gap. And so I believe what the Lord is saying is we need to stand in the gap. We need to stand in the gap for families, for homes, for schools, um, for, uh, I'll give you, there's a little girl that went to school and um, she was very, very upset and she appealed to a friend of mine who is a Christian, she knew was a Christian. In this whole school, she knew that this woman was a Christian. She found her and she said to her, I, my mother doesn't want me and my father doesn't want me. Now, she's in grade school. I don't know what I'm going to do. So these are children in schools that have nothing or no one, and they don't know what to do. How many know we need to appeal for the generations to come? We need to appeal for our families. We need to call forth those that are, are, are backslidden, it's, a, it, it's us as kings and priests. As kings, we can rule over that, and as priests, we can intercede for it. And so in the book of Judges, it was always talking about, um, you know, the, the, the battles. But when you study it, you see how each person that was raised up knew the Lord. And they used their voice, and they used the giftings and the anointing of what God had done. They obeyed the word of the Lord. You see, when Deborah went, when Barak, when Barak told her, she summoned him, and he came, and he was hesitant about doing what God wanted him to do. She he said, I'll go if you go with me. So she went with him. And when she went with him, he lost the battle in the, in the honor of the battle because he didn't want to go alone, and he wasn't going to do it alone. It wasn't because he just had to. It was because of his heart's attitude. So I believe that the Lord wants us to just, as we present ourselves as broken vessels, which many of us, I came into the kingdom broken, I wasn't raised on a church, in a church pew. I came in broken, but I'm restored and healed as you are as well. And so with that, I believe that the Lord is saying, will you be a voice in this time and hour? Will you be a voice of healing, of truth, of restoration? Will you be a voice, an intercessor that intercepts that is so interesting. Intercessors that intercept. What are they intercepting? Missiles? What are they intercepting? They're intercepting things that are going to happen in the spirit. We're all called to be intercessors. There are some that are called to be intercessors. And that is all they do is intercede. But we can pray without ceasing. We're called to intercede as well and to intercept what the enemy's trying to do in the nation, in communities and families, in homes, in, in our children, in our grandchildren. 
I don't know about you, and I'm sure it's true. We don't want our children and our grandchildren raised up to not know who the Lord is and what he does. We want them to see by example of who he is, what he can do, what he will do. And we put them, and we, and we speak to them, and we declare the word over them. God wants us to be those in the, in the nation, in our lives, that are going to be willing to be warriors and, and, and war when we have to war and be at peace when we have to. We war when we have to war because, because Jesus already gained the victory. But how many know sometimes we have to war? We have to war because of thought patterns. I talked yesterday about being distracted, you know, a distracted driver. But sometimes we're distracted in our thoughts. And if we begin to get distracted in our thoughts, what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to deviate us from the assignment. He's trying to take us down another road. He's trying to rob us of peace. He's trying to rob us of joy. We don't glorify that. We're just aware of it because we know the tactics. That's what it means to be strategic. Know your enemy's tactics. And when we know his tactics, we have strategy to defeat him. I have a declaration, and I would like you to pray it with me. Will you stand to your feet, and let's declare this today. I wrote this this morning as I felt it was being released. Declare with me, my voice is an instrument of the Lord. My voice glorifies the Lord. Who he is and his majesty. My voice speaks to the mountains and it must move. My voice speaks peace to the storm and it must cease. My voice calls those things that are not as though they are. My voice issues blessings and not curses. My voice declares the works of the Lord. And those works manifest in the earth. My voice releases healing and miracles. And the lives of people are changed. My voice releases love and grace. My voice is one crying out. Prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. My voice has the anointing and power of Almighty God to change, shift, bring life, lead uprightly a generation. My voice destroys generational curses and releases 
people into their lives of blessing. My voice calls back the backslider. And my voice beckons the lost. My voice, I surrender to the Lord for his use. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let it be a declaration. And that as that is declared, we need to walk in that declaration. I know we have to, I have more to release, but I'm not going to do that. We, we're going to, um, you can sit down, please. We're going to quickly take an offering, and then as we were worshiping, and as we're hearing from the Lord, and as he's ministering, and we're surrendering, I can think of no better way to close this service than being at the altar. You know, being at the altar, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to ask Pastor Ralph to come, but being at the altar, don't, don't yet get distracted, hear what I'm saying. Being at the altar to take everything that was done, the worship, we sang, he's our God, he's my God, majesty. We, we sang, we worshiped, we examined our hearts. I believe the Holy Spirit has been moving and, and releasing and ministering. And so it's just not a time when after the offering, it's just not a time to just bless and say goodbye. We have to do it at the altar. We started a fast. We're in a fast. And we need to be intimate with the Lord. He wants intimacy from us. He wants our whole heart. Yes, he, he wants us. We want to do and we want to work and we want to be instruments in the kingdom, but it's all about our heart. It's all about our heart. He wants our heart. And so, he, and so not only is this just a sign of us surrendering everything to him, but it's him pouring into us, and it's us walking out free without cares and burdens and, and allowing for a fresh wind of the Spirit and a and a new fresh start, a new fresh start, a new fresh wind of the Spirit to be those vessels. So as we're going to receive the offering, I want to ask that you would, those who would, just remain till we close out this service. It's almost a seal. It is a seal of what has been going on today and allow the Lord to minister. <laughs>